Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Brink, episode 37 of the most Brinkaliciously awesome podcast anywhere in the world and it is a pleasure to have your company once again. We've got another big Brinkalicious show for you today with guests, we've got new guests, we've got fun segments and of course we have a preview of The Brink Unleashed 7 which is uh, of course coming your way in exactly one week's time. Get excited for that and we generally always open up by just kind of having a bit of a refresher of the week in terms of who's been listening and a shout out and a cheerio to everybody out there who has uh, listened to us in the last seven days and a big special shout out this week has to go to uh, the British places of Salford and of course Manchester and uh, a big shout out must go out to uh, Terrebonne uh, out in Montreal in Canada so it seems as though our um, Canadian arm is uh, helping get some listeners. We obviously have a bit more of uh, Canada to come today, and, and even Salford and Manchester and the British arm are going to be British this episode as well. So uh, maybe there's just a bit of a tease coming out there when it uh, comes to certain parts uh, in the world. So as always, we say if you are listening and want to say hello, say good day, send a cheerio. We can, uh, of course, always get you on the show because we're always that desperate for guests, apparently. Shoot us a message. We'll be happy to hear from you and to find out a little bit more about uh, Terrebonne. Terrebonne, maybe. It's, um, I think it's got a bit of French-Canadian to that. So, um, yeah, if you're listening, say hello. We'd like to hear from you. It's been a very long time since we've spoken to this boy, and it's probably a good thing because, let's be honest, no one's missed him except for, apparently, the reason why we've got him back on the show. It's uh, Dakota Leary. Hello, Dakota. That's the part where you say hello back or you don't want to talk to me? I did say hello back. I, I didn't hear you. You might want to say hello. it again. Hello, then. How, how are you? You good? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Apparently, sometimes my voice just doesn't, like... Apparently, it doesn't work. Your, your have, brain's making your mouth sound. move and say stuff, yeah. but it just, it just didn't work. So yeah, I guess so, yeah. Good to see you're alive. Uh, that's generally what I should say. Uh, I don't think we've had you back since I've been back, have we? It's been, it's been like... Um, no, we haven't. Yeah, I'm wondering why my life felt normal for once, but... um, Yeah, well, you know, it's about hmm. to change. Apparently, apparently. uh, So we've got about, what, 10 weeks to catch up on or something ridiculous like that. Um, What's been been going down in Dakota Town? What's been going down in Dakota Town? Ah, just just uni and stuff, I guess. Ah, so uni has officially started then. Yeah. Right. So yeah, uni, uh, well, I mean, uni started ages ago, didn't it? Like, well, I mean, we're in week three, 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 three. In week three. Okay. Three, cool. Three. Hello, Nick yeah. Heidfeld. Didn't realise we had you yeah. on the show. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, three three weeks in. Uh, I mean, how are you? How are you finding it? Are you, are you uh, enjoying it? Are you hating it? What's What's going on with it? I like it, but I don't like it. You so, like it, but you don't like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. kind of what, like, um, I don't know, a banana. Like people <clears> like um, bananas, but they don't love them. Yeah, sure. That's <laughs> well, the first thing that came to my mind. That I don't know. you know, I mean, I suppose you could refer to like sex or something as like a thing that you like. You're but you not don't having like. it right if that's the case, because generally people like sex. So. Yeah, but generally, like it's not. It's not like <laughs> if you're having know, sex, it's like it's okay, explain. but I don't like it. Then yeah, you need to have explain. sex better. So. My thoughts about that. Back to university. Uh, so how? Why? Why do you like it, and why do you not like it? I like I like the learning aspect of it, but right. like it gets a bit like it's uh, what's what's the word? Uh, I don't know. There's just there's yeah that um, there's just so much that you need to do in like the course of one week, and it's mm. like what? How do how do you do that? Like, right. So I'm you're basically like, complaining that you have to do things. 
Um, <laughs> yes. So, so you thought you were just like, what, rock up, be like, hey, everyone's up, I'm Dakota, I'm here at uni, oh, what's that? Oh, a degree, thanks, I'll take that. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> that's what, surely that's what I was hoping for. Clearly. Um, um, yeah. A bit of a shock to your sister to realise you've got to work for it, yeah. right? Um, I know, I was like, what? What is yeah. this? You're like, Fuck My whole hell. life's a lie. Like, yeah, what? it really yeah. is. So, what are you, what are you studying? Um, <laughs> you know, tell our listeners, they, I'm sure they want to know if you don't die on us in the meantime there. Um, I'm doing a Bachelor of Arts. Right. Yep. Cool. That's that's yep. it. Do you just again? You don't want to go into more detail. Or what's um, your major? What's, and you know? I haven't chosen my major yet. I don't right. Need to decide, don't need to decide till next year. So. so I thought you. So you're not doing journalism or media? Like you, you haven't just officially set yourself on that yet? Then. I'm doing a media course, mm-hmm. uh, which is text and audiences, but um, haven't decided whether that's the path I want to do yet. And what else? Might what else? What like, are the other subjects? And you're doing in um, part of this history and philosophy. Yep. Okay, so you're only doing three, or...? Um, the other one's a breadth unit, which you have to do, because, uh, like... And like, what's oh, that mean? For us dumb bums that, um, you know, don't know what that is. It's it's a course that's compulsory mm-hmm. that you also have to pay for, which is more than your normal courses, um, because they're like, oh, you can't get a job studying the humanities. Right. So, is yeah. this a new thing? Because I never had to do that. Yeah, it's only recently happened like so so, so okay so a compulsory like what what is it though what are you learning in this compulsory class uh, like jack shit really so you're learning jack shit um hi welcome to compulsory class it's no, more expensive yeah. here we teach you about jack shit this is jack this is a pile of shit like, we're gonna learn about them for six months the particular one i'm doing <laughs> is meant to be on like thinking rationally but it's just talking about bloody like maths so 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 you basically now have to do a maths course at university yep Yep, and pay for it. So if you wanted to be a journalist... And it's more than my normal courses. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you, you know, are needing to learn how to do math, basically, if you want to be a journalist. That, that's pretty logical. Yep. Yep, it's awesome. Okay, so I, I thought UTAS had completely fucked me over when I went there about 10 years ago, but it seems like yeah. they've slowly gotten worse. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I wasn't there when you were there. So. No, well, I mean, you were, like, one. So, you know, that was probably yeah, a good Yeah, I mean, thing. I wasn't, like, one, but... Well, I mean, let's be honest, because neither of us are uh, Asian students who come in with, you know, fat wallets. We're not giving a shit about. So, that's yeah, kind of how UTAS works. Hello, UTAS, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I'm not sponsoring this show. Um, but, I mean, look, okay, outside of the uh, the obvious things there, I mean, have, have you made friends? Have you, have you, you know, discovered the social life that is UTAS campus? No. No? No. <laughs> That's pretty well, shit, isn't well, it? <laughs> I, I, I don't like talking to anyone there. You don't like talking to anyone all, in general. You're like, why the fuck am I doing this all, again? <laughs> all they can seem to manage to talk about is what they're doing, like, yep. at uni that like it seems like uni students literally can't think of anything else to talk about other than uni and it's so boring (laughs) this is this is where it's like if we have anybody from like america or canada listening and you know they're thinking like wow like college is the best usually like seriously college life university life in australia compared to what you're used to is fucking shit all right i've experienced (laughs) college life in the u.s for all of 20 minutes uh, being on campus, and then I've been to a sports game, and that just completely erased my memory of what I did for, like, six years at university in Australia. <laughs> so, um, you know, be thankful that you go to uh, to these schools in the States. But, uh, I mean, because this is the thing. Like, I was at 
Utahs for six years. You know, the first year, sure, I kind of had some friends there because, you know, they kind of come over from our college. But, I mean, I quit so many times and came back. By the time that I was completing my degree, I was like, you know, with 12-year-olds, basically. I didn't know anybody. So, and I don't associate <laughs> yeah, with people. Pretty much. Sit in a room and speak in a microphone. That's how yeah. I talk to people. Um, uh, so, do you think you're going to last, though, Dakota? Do you, I mean, you obviously, uh, uh, you know, you sort of took a gap year, kind of. <coughs> uh, yeah. You were sort of late in deciding to, to come to university. But, I mean, yeah. do you feel this is something you're, you're going to stick um, with or you might sort of leave and come back to? What are, you, what are you thinking? I think if I can, like, keep up with everything, I should probably I'll probably stay. So Probably being the operative yeah. word there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I was uh-huh. a betting man, and uh, thanks to our good friends at Bet365, much better yeah. than those losers at Sportsbet, uh, I would put on some uh, hefty wages, if I had some, that you will not make it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm not saying, like, you won't make it in terms of you're not... You're, you're very capable of making it, Dakota, but I don't think you'll... I think you will leave uh, before right. you're finished, but you will return. That's that's my... You'll do a me, basically. Is that what you reckon? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I don't know what how to much, bet. I've got no money. How much will we bet? Um, um, look, I'll give I, you let's a... Bet. Sure, okay, yep. If I do my whole degree in just one go mm. and don't leave ever, uh-huh. you have to pay my hex debt. <laughs> no, because I've got my own uh, hex debt, which has barely been touched. <laughs> half, my, half my hex debt? So does that mean then if you leave that you have to pay mine? <laughs> um, no, I mean, oh. Sure, yeah, okay, done. No, I do not agree oh. to those terms. Oh, okay. If you do not, if you leave... Uh, before you complete your first term, you have to buy me a dim sim. And if you take your entire term, your first go, I'll buy you a dim sim. Uh, <laughs> That's a fair trade. Right. It's a bit cheaper I'll, than hex debt. To go in like four years' time, yeah. When I get my, when I get my degree, yep. And I'm asked, Dakota, what kept you going? <laughs> what like what made you stay on that track on that path that you that like to achieve your dreams and everything and I'll and I'll say well there was a guarantee that I would get a, definitely get a dim sim so. and look I haven't eaten dim sims in four years because yeah, it's going to make it taste had, so darn good I haven't had a single dim sim in four years <laughs> I can't even remember what they taste like I don't even know what it is and you take a bite this is shit but no one's ever said that sentence and they've bitten into a dim sim because they were they are golden pieces of heaven so that is essentially what no one has ever uttered. Uh, what else is anything else is happening? Um, not, not really. No. To be honest, nothing much in my life. Still fifteen. Ever since I started uni, um, I think so. Yeah. that's what people keep telling me. Cool. That's what you keep telling me. Well, um, you know, that's what you, happens when you get a degree. You, you become smart. I, so I seem to be under this false prophecy that I'm eighteen, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't Have know. Have you counted going. the rings around your trunk lately? I don't know. I haven't really been counting my years, so I'm not really sure. You'll be 19 soon, will you not? In your birthday in October? November? Um, November, I think. Yeah, it is. one of them. Yeah, I think so. Shit, that's scary. Yeah. Wow, you're is nearly it? you're nearly like two decades old, man. You're fucking old, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, anyway. Uh, oh, actually, that's a question I should ask you. When I was away, oh. um, the the youth conference was on, was it not? Uh, oh, yes. My, it's where you and I met, Dakota. Um, oh. oh, good times. I mean, oh. I'd obviously had the uh, pleasure of hosting the last three. Uh, yes. I was sadly out of the country for this one, so I couldn't make it four in a row. Uh, just answer me one question. Uh, did did okay. people miss me? Was it was it empty without me, or did um, Harley do such a good job that I was forgotten? Do you want me to lie? or do you I want, want to you to be honest. All right. Well... <laughs> I don't think anyone remembered you were there, weren't wow. there, because it was a completely new crop. 
Right. But Tali didn't do very well by herself. No, wow. Okay then. Hello, Tali, if you're listening. Uh, what was what was wrong with Tali by herself? Was it, it kind of like wasn't like just wasn't the same? Yeah, it wasn't as comedic as it would be if both of you were there. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. You know, I do look Dull. funny, so it's um, yeah, yeah, good. I just walk into a room and people laugh because like, ha, 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 oh, yes. and then they hear me talk, and then they realise why I'm on radio. Um, oh yes, that was sure. kind of a weird up myself moment there. I tried to make that yeah, sound was, funny, but it kind of gave myself a compliment. Didn't really work that well. Um, cool. Um, so, I mean, did was there anything like extra special this year that I missed, or was it kind of just the same? What's been there the last few times? Yeah, it was general. Really the same. We didn't really, really miss too much. Was the op shop ball on again? Uh, no, we had a movie night, and we oh, we apparently we watched like a documentary. It was stupid. Sounds like a great um, movie. Yeah, it was. What was what was the documentary weird. on? I can't even remember. I think oh. it, was, it was on like something in New Guinea where they were like, <laughs> "Oh, we're gonna take all these people's houses away and build a hotel there instead." Laugh a minute. So, Fuck uh, you. <laughs> God, it yeah. sounds like a hoot. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad I was out of the country for that. Um, all right, yeah, well, um, you know, everybody should go to it in 2019 because it's a great thing and yay, all that sort of stuff. <coughs> um, how's uh, watching Formula One? You enjoying Mercedes I, winning every second race? I haven't watched the last two races. Oh, God, you really are, like, becoming a, I don't know. Is that because Mercedes aren't winning student? as much? It's because Mercedes um, aren't winning as much as they used to, so you've jumped off the bandwagon. That's why you don't no, care just, for football, because Hawthorne aren't keep, winning. I just go to bed. Like, <laughs> I, I You're not a true fan. You are the, not a true fan. Oh, oh sorry about that. Um, you know, it doesn't I, matter I what, when you need to go to bed or not. I've learned from watching this sport from, you know, before you were born that basically it doesn't matter what you've got the next day. Your passion, <laughs> your life revolves around it. So, you know, oh. if that means you get an hour of sleep, you get an hour of sleep. Suck it up, princess. Sorry, Ben, I didn't realise. I'll, I'll ruin for next time. Yeah. Um, You're such a bandwagoner. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, cool. Fuck? Anything else you want to share before we end this? <laughs> I'm not a bandwagoner. No? Who's your team in the AFL? Here's what I want to share. The GWS this week? I- Adelaide? Hawthorne. <laughs> oh. It's always been Hawthorne. Uh, well, look. Except always- when it was... Not Hawthorne. Always a pleasure having you on the show, Dakota, and uh, we look forward yes. to talking to you probably in another 10 weeks' time. <laughs> uh, if you must. Classic live performance time. Back to the year of 2014. We've uh, had this person on a few times in terms of their classic performances because she performed a few songs for us over the years. Uh, Ella Fence is going on to bigger and better things at the moment too. She's uh, definitely still doing great guns out there. She performed, as I said, plenty of songs on the show, and this is her version of her song called The Dust, performed in 2014 live on the brink. Here it is, Elephants, The Dust, live on the brink. You grew up and then you grew back down There's no way that I can see Ever coming around You're so blind and you're so insecure But my darling, I cannot help you No, I can't help you anymore I've been trying Too hard to live your life 
For you I'm flying In and out of reality You are high and your mind is bare If there's anything left inside you Please treat it with care Your cuts and all your bruises They'll fade But it's only on the surface Cause it's just too late I've been trying Too hard to live your life For you I'm flying In and out of reality There's just no point In rearranging the dust Will you just keep on taking Till there's nothing left of us Will you just keep pretending That this is the life you lost You are young and you wasting time It's the fear of the unknown And is what you may find I am young but only in literal sense So I'm building brick by brick My own wall of defense I've been trying too hard to live your life For you I'm flying in and out of reality There's just no point in rearranging the dust Will you just keep on taking till there's nothing left of us, will you just keep on taking till there's nothing left of us? Will you just keep pretending that this is the life you lost? Will you just keep on taking till there's nothing left of us?
Each week on the show, we like to traverse the world and find some varying different accounts from people in different parts of the planet. And generally, the parts of the planet that we go to, you've heard from for quite some time. And also, pretty much all of those people have penises because for some reason we're sexist and we only seem to get men on the show. But we thought we'd change that. We thought we'd, uh, first of all, go to a place where we've never spoken to anyone from before, even though a quarter of my heritage kind of comes from this place. And secondly, we also thought we'd find someone without a penis. Although she might have one, I'm not too sure. Perhaps she can discuss that throughout this chat. Uh, we're going to Scotland to speak to somebody called Katie Forrester. I don't know who she is. She just popped up on my uh, on my recording one day. Uh, Katie, welcome to the brink. Hi. How how are you? How are you, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. It's very early today. Is it? Is it? There? Just tell out tell everybody what time it is for you. What time have we dragged you out of bed to record this uh, little segment? like 20 to 7 in the morning 20 to 7 in the morning you know back when we used to be on breakfast radio we started at 7 o'clock in the morning so we would have been studio up and ready and raring to go so um you know just thought i'd let you know that yeah i'm not that energetic no no well this should be fun yeah (laughs) well how many how many cups of coffee have you had to start off the the morning so far then i'll ask you that to start off with i don't do coffee i do tea well that's a bit silly. Uh, doesn't tea put you to sleep? Isn't that kind of the opposite? No, it's the same amount of caffeine, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that because I drank tea when I was like eight and then I grew some balls and drank coffee. Um, but <laughs> we're not I love the smell of coffee. I just can't <laughs> drink it. Like, I can't stand the tea. Um, I, I am intrigued to talk to you about all things uh, Scottish because, you know, if this goes well, we can get you on each week. You can tell us all about things that are happening in uh, that place called Scotland. I mean, what's the tagline for Scotland? I mean, if I say New Zealand, I say like the land of the long white cloud and if I say America, I don't know, something they'll shoot me if I say it wrong, but what do you say about Scotland? Is it just the land of Nessie? No, we, well, our slogan is visit Scotland, like that's what we say. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> wow, that's original. Best, but <laughs> no, but like basically all the adverts for Scot- Visit Scotland are, um, it's like this guy with a Highlands accent, it's a really pretty accent, like, oh. Yep. It just makes you really happy, like you'd fall asleep listening to him. It's like, is it Scotland? It's like, you really want to? Oh, you did that, you okay, to, like, do do that again. I, I feel like I would need to visit Scotland visit after Scotland. you do that. Visit Scotland. No, but it's like his accent is so beautiful. And he's like, is it Scotland? And you're like, okay, I will. And I live here and I want to visit. So, yeah. so basically, basically a bunch yeah. of people in the Scottish tourist board have like sat around a table probably all day. like going, right, let's come up with a slogan for Scotland. And then essentially one guy's just gone, I've got it. Visit Scotland. Like, oh, brilliant. You deserve a raise. <laughs> I'm going to send you the, like, you have to look at the YouTube videos, though, because they're really good. Like, our country is pretty, it's pretty, like, it's pretty. Well, I mean, look, it, it looks very pretty, but, I mean, it can't compete with the greatest Australian slogan of all time. We literally had the slogan, Australia, where the bloody hell are you? So, I mean, that literally was our slogan to try and get you to come here. So, I mean, couldn't it, like, I know Scot- Scotland's very similar to Australia, aren't they, in the fact that you swear a lot and you drink a lot. So, couldn't it be like, I fucking come to Scotland, eh? Well, I think we're trying to show that there's more to it than that. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, pretty much alcohol is our life. Well, it's, it's funny, actually. There's there's a place in Australia called the Northern Territory, and they actually had um, a like a, a bumper sticker that had C-U, and then in the middle it had really small writing that said in the, 
and then it had because the initials are NT. So basically, if you looked at mm-hmm. that bumper sticker, it said cunt. But it would be like really like it said see you in the NT. I have to send you a picture of it. It's quite funny. But, uh, you know, we're, we're honest people in Australia. <laughs> I, know, I don't think we're allowed, we allowed to do that on cars. Right. We still have some moral standing. Some. Some. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah, sure we'll learn. I'm sure like, we'll learn. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting because, you know, look, I, as you are aware, a lot of my heritage and family come from the, uh, the great country of Scotland and, uh, I've never been there. I've been, you know, to America and Canada so many times. I've just never gone to trace my, uh, heritage. So, I mean, why should I come to Scotland, Katie? Besides obviously coming to see you and besides men in nice accents telling me to visit the place. I mean, is there any other reasons I should visit <laughs> Scotland? Um, well, I would say there's so many. There's kilts, there's locks. If you want the stereotype, I don't know. Um, no, hang on, hang on. Just stop for a second there. A lock meaning like a lake, as in not like a padlock. No, like, yeah, locks. So like, <laughs> lock woman. Lock, like, where Nessie is. Like, right, like okay. Nessie. I just, for dumb bums out there like myself, who are listening going like, Funny. why would I want to go visit Scotland to just unlock a padlock? Like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got loads of beautiful, like, wilderness walks and the locks and stuff like that. And we have some of the most amazing castles, to be fair. Not like Disney castles, but like proper fucking castles, like, they were quite cool. So, do, do um, um, actual princesses live in these castles, though? Yeah, so Queen of Scots lived in Edinburgh Castle. Mainly Queen of Scots, so they lived in Edinburgh Castle. All the kings and stuff kind of lived between Edinburgh and Stirling. Stirling Castle's prettier. Like, it's bigger than nicer. But do they and still live there Stirling- now, though, Katie, though? That's what I'm like. Are there still princesses and princes and kings who live in these castles? No, well, they come to Hollywood Palace, so right. that's where the royal residence is. Okay, which is a bit shitty. Okay, but it does mean that people can like go to the castle and stuff. Um, and then you've got like Wallace Monument in Stirling, which is like William Wallace Monument, which after the film Braveheart basically got a statue of Mel Gibson out the front, <laughs> which is like is literally a statue of Mel Gibson dressed as Braveheart. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you want a statue of of you know, Mel Gibson, I'm sure, you know, all, you know, Jewish people and women don't go there because they probably think it hates them. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we moved it a while ago. It got moved to, like, the back of the... Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. He's not famous and put it in the yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, so, but it used to literally be, like, you drive up to the monument. Now, the monument's, like, um, this massive tower. Like, I can't think this way, but it's literally just a tower. Right. And you climb this, like, tiny little stairwell, and you go to the top of it, and then there's just beautiful views over, like, all of Stirling. Okay. And you can see the castle and stuff. But um, not but Mel Gibson, he's like, in the so back. <laughs> oh, like, literally, like, if there was two people my size walking up the stairs, like, we wouldn't fit. Like, it's so fucking teeny tiny. So I'm screwed and then. When you see, like, American... <laughs> no, but like, when you see American tourists going in, you're just like, oh dear, you're going to die halfway <laughs> up. But it's like little landings to, like, kill out and stuff. But yeah, like, Wallace Monument's like my favourite. Okay, all right. Well, I, I'm just thinking there of poor old Mel Gibson in the back. So does that mean if all of a sudden everyone forgives Mel Gibson and he's back to being liked again, would they move it back to the front? No, to be fair, they moved it to the back so they got complaints that we were basing one of our national heroes off of Mel Gibson and not what he actually looked like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like everyone assumes all Australians are either, you know, Paul, Paul Hogan or Steve Irwin when where they look yeah. like me, kind of. So, um, yeah. I mean, one of my favourite people in the world is Scottish, Shirley Manson, lead singer of Garbage, you know. So, where's the statue yeah. of Shirley Manson? 
I don't know, but there's a photo of her in my local chippy. She used to go to my chippy. Chip shop. Okay. I don't know. Do you, I don't, do you have do chip shop? Uh, look, we, yeah, we have fish and chip. We we just call them takeaway stores. I've, I've, when you said chippy, I was assuming <laughs> it was like a uh, a carpenter. That's what we call a chippy here in Australia. Is a, is a carpenter. So I was thinking, wow. So like this carpenter walks around with like a photo of Shirley Manson on him all the time. Yeah, no, um, so, like, beside my flat is, like, one of the best chip shops in Edinburgh. Um, it's amazing. Um, but, yeah, they've got the photos of all the celebs on the wall, like, who bet there, and Shelley Manson's, like, it's her favourite. She lived nearby. Okay, so if I was to visit that chip shop, they'd put a photo of me on the wall then, clearly. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that hurts my feelings. That, that really like does Tom hurt Hanks my feelings. Tom Hanks went there, so oh, he yeah. got chips there, did he? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just cool. just because like he was just randomly in Scotland, or was he there filming a movie? Was he there to see the Mel Gibson statue? <laughs> well, I I live in Edinburgh, not Stirling, so they're different places. Oh well, but, you um, know, Scotland, same place. Yeah, <laughs> and like people come, people come all the time and just there's random. So the best chip shop in Scotland has loads of celebrities on it, like Dublin Williams and stuff, and it's just people come to Scotland. It's it's. An amazing place to come to. So you're very, so you're very proud. You're very proud then of your Scottish heritage. I mean, look, I, all jokes aside, I'm very proud that you know my family comes from Scotland. I've always said that when I get married, I will get married in a kilt. That's why I'm single now. But that's another story. But it's, I mean, it seems like such a, a great place to see. And it's kind of as much as I keep travelling to one side of the world, I really do want to come to Europe, and I really would love to travel a lot around the British Isles. And I, I, I'm kind of careful in saying Britain because Scottish people kind of can get a bit offended if I say you're British, right? Because I know Andy Murray hates that. So, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he's our god. Um, <laughs> so, it depends who you ask. If you asked me five years ago, I probably wouldn't have minded being British. But five years ago, I didn't really care about anything political and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Um Trying not to get political before seven AM. So, but but again, if I said I, here is Katie Forrester, she's British, she'd be like, "Fuck you, I'm Scottish." I would yeah, I would say Scottish before. I would say Scottish and then I'm European and then British. That would be like a <laughs> third option. That's um... yeah. It would be <laughs> <laughs> it, should, it should be like fourth know, like... option. It should be like, no, I'm Scottish, I'm European, I'm East Irish, then I'm British. <laughs> I have no Irish, like, my Irish since, uh, like, so far back, I can't get an Irish passport. Wow. So when the whole Brexit thing happened, everyone, like, tried to figure out, like, if your grandparents are Irish, you can get an Irish passport. Mm-hmm. But my great-grandparents are Irish, so I can't get a fucking Irish passport. Damn it. My mum can, so I'm like, try to convince my mum to get one so that if Brexit <laughs> hits, I can then get one after, and we can all run away. Well, I mean, well, I, I, can, I can get the British passport because my, yeah, my grandma's Scottish, so, but I mean, apparently I shouldn't get one then. Uh, maybe I'll wait till you guys to become your own country properly, and then I'll just get a Scottish passport. Yeah, that would be awesome. The Scottish passport will be amazing, and the unicorn will finally not have a chain on its neck. <laughs> now, that, can you actually clear that up? Because, uh, we, I mean, another great, you have so many great people coming from Scotland. We've mentioned Shirley Manson, Andy Murray, uh, one of my favourite comedians, Danny Boy, who's been on this show. Uh, and in one of his uh, routines, he's talking about uh, national animals of, like, all the countries in the world. And he legitimately says that Scotland is a unicorn. Is that, so that is true. Your national animal is yeah. the unicorn. Yeah, um, and whales have a dragon, so, like, we like mystical <laughs> shit. I always like the joke that, like, when they decided on national animals and it was, like, Britain doing it, so, like, all the countries kind of got together and England were probably like, yeah, we're going to have a lion, and then Wales were like, fuck it, we're having a dragon. And Scotland went, no, we're having a unicorn. <laughs> so it's just like... 
But yeah, what's um, islands? So a fucking the- pixie? I mean, <laughs> I, I actually feel really bad. I can't remember what islands. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm looking like, shit oh, up. Shit. A leprechaun, probably. This is, I don't how, know. this is how bad I am as a British person. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, I- Ireland, like, except for the north, that's, that's its own country. It's not even Britain, though, so. Yeah, like, um, but I don't really. Northern Ireland scares me a little bit. I don't know. I mean, do, do people care? Like, I always assume that Wales is the forgotten part of, like, the United Kingdom, but to me, it seems like it would be Northern Ireland. I mean, do people even realise that's a thing? No, they do. Uh, Northern Ireland, especially right now, is kind of royally fucking us. But it depends on your <laughs> political point of view. Again, again. Right. And, um, I don't know. Northern Ireland is kind of scary. So basically, like the coolest thing I think that's happened recently in Scotland, um, or one of the coolest things, is our first minister, uh, because abortions are illegal in Ireland still, like you would still get arrested, even if you were raped, which is so fucked up. Um, so that you can come over to Scotland and use the NHS in Scotland if you're from Ireland and get an abortion. Right. And our first minister, like, that's that. So that was quite, that was quite daring because that's basically pissing off an entire part of the country. And this is, this is coming <laughs> from a country that you can, I mean, they're ahead of us in the fact that gay people can get married in Ireland and yet we can't, in, um, we, I'm not gay, but I could be. If I was, I couldn't get married in Australia. So <laughs> that's what I guess I'm trying to say. So, I mean... That legitimately makes sense. I've actually, I've just Googled the, the... Apparently, Ireland doesn't have a national animal. There's a debate that oh. it's either the hare or the Irish elk, but they apparently don't officially have one. Um, oh. So, there you go. Did you, did you? Here's a fact about Australia. Did you know we're the only country in the world that eats the uh, our two national a- a- animals? We're the only country in the world that does it, so... Eat it. Well, we, we can't really eat us. Kangaroo and emu. I mean, you could eat a unicorn if they were real. I mean, they're real, aren't they? Like, they're yeah. just hanging out with Nessie, right? I like to believe they're real. Um, so, but the thing with the unicorn, though, is, like, on all the... So, the royal seals have the English lion and the Scottish unicorn, because, obviously, it's the union of the crown. <laughs> um, and, yeah, but, like, the unicorn has a chain around its neck. Right. And the whole reason is that a free unicorn is a dangerous beast. Right, Which means, like in Scotland. my head, that if Scotland was free, that we'd be way more powerful and better. But <laughs> what freaks me out is... Yeah, that's my understanding of it. But what freaks me out is so that like every royal family gets a slightly different seal, so they tweak it slightly. Um, and Kate and William, obviously the next generation of king and queens, the unicorn has got two fucking chains around its neck, so it's like, we're getting even like, more wow. destroyed. I, was like, I know, I was like, what the hell? That's crazy. So, yeah. Wow. Who, I mean, like, I know, is it, so, do you, I know, like, Prince Charles is technically, what, the Prince of Wales. So, who's the Prince of Scotland? We don't have, we have the Duke of Edinburgh. Right. So okay. that's the Queen's husband. And then her son will become the next Duke of, uh, the youngest son will become the Duke of Edinburgh after him. Okay. I don't know who that is, but anyway, I just I just was kind of weirdly just thinking about that um, when it comes to that. Uh, one of my, just on all things Scottish, because again, I'm basing this purely on the great Danny Boy. He does in his routine when he's talking about the handing out of like the national, like the plants, the flowers, and how like he does this little skit about how like, oh, you know, Scotland shows up late and he's all like, oh, what's that over there? And it's like, oh, that's the thistle. You don't want that. That's a weed. You know, it's been killing the rose bush all the time. Oh, the rose bush. We'll take it. Back it up. <laughs> It's funny. You have to, you know, yeah, we, watch it. <laughs> we weed, but yeah. This is a pity, though. They're weird. But, I mean, this yeah. is the, the country of haggis. I mean, you know, haggis is pretty, you know. I had haggis, haggis when I was very young. I can't remember it that much, but I, I remember it wasn't that bad. 
It's amazing. Actually, do you know the best thing about haggis is sounds really weird is vegetarian haggis is awesome. Now, how does that work? How is that a thing, considering that haggis is basically every part of the animal that you couldn't cook in the first place? Well, hag- like vegetarian haggis is basically you're going for the same kind of texture, but with herbs and stuff. I don't know how they do it, but there's like um, a vegetarian restaurant in Edinburgh, and they make the most amazing vegan haggis nips and tatties. I just and can't awesome picture that as being a thing. Like, everybody complains about haggis being disgusting. It's so then the vegetarians go, ah, we really miss out on the disgustingness. Like, fucking create all the shit parts of the plant. <laughs> it's not disgusting, though. It's like, it's really amazing. Like, haggis is lovely. Okay. I might all actually right. have some tonight. Really? Okay. So you can just walk yeah. into, like, you know, your local chippy shop and say, hi, can I get some haggis and chips? Well, if you go into a chip shop, you would get, like, a deep fried haggis. I'm not really up for that. Right. Um, Does McDonald's do everything. the McHaggis burger in Scotland? No. Well, that's no. a shame. That's sure. That's um, a good marketing option, though. <laughs> yeah, but you just go into any restaurant and get haggis, nips, and tatties, which is haggis, <laughs> and tuna. All right. I oh, feel like I need to come to Scotland. I really do feel like so. I mean, a, this is legitimately a dumb Australian question because, again, I come from a country where we can't drive to another country. I live in a state where I can't even drive to another state, so I'm that fucking isolated now i know you're also on an island uh but you've got mm-hmm. countries multiple countries on one island and then you can technically drive to the main part of europe because there's a tunnel there right but like, if you right now were to get in a car and drive to your beloved england uh how long would it take you to get to england from where you live right now um well newcastle's like a two and a half hour drive right so two and two and, a, and do you is it like this wouldn't be a passport, right? Because obviously you're all technically under the one passport because you're technically not your own country, even though you should be. Yeah, there's no passports yet. Right. But with Brexit... Uh... <laughs> Brexit is... Well, Brexit means that travelling to Europe is going to be more messed up. So right. we've basically got two years to enjoy Europe. And then we have to go in the long queue that everyone else does and queue right. for four fucking hours to get through customs. Because some twats decided that, oh, we want to trade separately, even though we don't really know what we're agreeing to. And we haven't made a plan. So we're just going to, like, agree to it. And then they fucked up the travel plans for, like, everyone else. I, I can and see where your opinion lies on that one there, Katie. Uh. Oh, Brexit can go fuck itself. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is, I mean, we had Noah on the show last week talking about sort of borders in Europe and all that sort of stuff, and that fascinated me, but this is fascinating me even more. And it also it all just basically comes down to Scottish people going, Brexit can go fuck itself. <laughs> well, yeah, like, and it was just the most annoying thing. And I think because it came after, so the Scottish independence referendum, like, it was pretty fucking close, right? So 55 to 45 in a percentage. Like, that's not massive for the vote. Um, could have been closer. I wish it was. I wish it went another way. But basically, like, Scottish independence, we will all promise all this. Oh, your voice will matter. Like, Scotland will be important. It's like, we will value Scotland and we will give you more rights. And that never really happened. And the first thing they did after Scottish independence was give English MPs more rights. So I was like, okay, cool, cunts. Um, and, then, and then Brexit comes around. Brexit, which is like, Scottish independence was like an almost 10-year build-up. Like, it was, there was research being done into it, there was campaigns being run by loads of political parties, not just the SNP. Like, there was conversations going on about Scottish independence for years, like, ever since it first came about and the, like, the option of it in the 70s, we even discussed it. Like, it's not something that we took lightly, it was a big-time build-up. Brexit was, like, pulled out the ass six months prior, and then we were given a fucking vote. And there was no research, and there was no nothing. And I don't even, like, 
I couldn't tell you if Brexit was good or bad. Nobody knew what Brexit fucking was. It was this Britain, Britain wants to be British again. I'm like, great, have a fucking tea and a fucking Thai tea or something and just oh, ruin the fucking country. But no, they decided to vote for it and then Scotland voted to the main and everywhere else voted to leave. But they much like as an overall country and, oh no, Ireland stayed, Ireland and Scotland voted to leave, um, stay in like Europe. So what does that, so does that mean then? Sorry, you continue. Sorry, I interrupted. So basically, because England have more votes and more people, it doesn't matter what we vote. Like, and this is right. what it proved. Like, the whole Scottish defence was, oh, your voice will matter. It never matters what we vote. In the entire Scottish, like the union's history, only two occasions has Scotland's vote changed who is in the House of Parliament. Two occasions. It's basically whatever England votes, the whole of the UK gets. Wow. So, so does that mean then that, and again, like, we weren't going to get too political, but hey, we, we, we get political sometimes. This is the brink. <laughs> we start off with one thing, we end up talking about another. Um, does that then mean that Scotland will have another independence vote, or is that still being discussed right now? Um, I think it's still being discussed. Basically, there's, at the moment, because there's so much uncertainty, I don't think it would actually go through if we had it just now. Um, and if Nicola Sturgeon was to put a vote through and it was to fail, she's basically ending her career. Like, basically, she has to take it when she knows she's going to get it. So I think right. maybe 2020, we might have that's, one. That's a life motto. You should take it when you know you're going to get it. I mean, Yeah. You know. <laughs> Sturgeon's like... So Nicola Sturgeon's the... She's really clever. And so she's I, basically your leader. She's your first minister. Yeah, so she's the first minister of Scotland. Right. So everyone has opinions on her, but I think she's really good. And I like she's brought in some really good things, like the baby box. So every baby born in Scotland... The parents are given this box with like um, nappies and some formula and just stuff that like if you're struggling, it's really good to have. And also the box doubles up as like a cot, so that the baby can sleep in the box safely. <laughs> right. So it's just so in Scotland, it's yeah, natural it's... to put your baby in a box, is it? Oh, shut up! Stop crying! Put in the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's more aimed for the fact that I mean everyone gets it, but it's aimed for the fact that there's people having babies who are on benefit to you know. 40 quid a week isn't going to buy you a cot that's safe for your child to sleep in. And, True. You know, True. they don't want to have any cot death. They don't want any of that shit. So, um, yeah, I, I respect Nicholas Edgeon for a lot of the stuff she's done. All right, cool. Uh, can perfect. You, no for, for bonus points here, Katie, can you tell me who the Prime Minister of Australia is? <laughs> <laughs> you just had the blankest look on your face. <laughs> Don't worry. You ask any Australian, we don't know the answer either because we change it every three weeks, so it's fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> Malcolm Turnbull, You're at least at the time like... of recording this. By the time this is released, it'll be someone else, so it's fine. <laughs> Your president doesn't like, he doesn't, like, take over the news headlines, so it's a good thing, probably. Because yeah. he doesn't do anything. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Malcolm's, you know, he's an all right guy. But, like, it, it, I mean, politics in Australia doesn't really, you know, make ripples on the world stage unless we lose a prime minister again, which has happened a lot in the last few years. So. The only thing I've heard about you guys politically lately is that Donald Trump hung up on you. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. Um, you yeah, know, that, that, that made us famous for about five minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> That was like the most political information I've ever heard in Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's I, I actually uh, know where the, I hung up on the Prime Minister uh, when we had her on, when it was Julia Gillard and we had her on the show. Um, I accidentally, instead of closing the interview out properly, I pressed the wrong button and I ended up disconnecting her rather than 
being able to say like a proper thank you to her. So I look, I was hanging up with the prime minister before it was cool. So just um, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Katie, we're going to try and do this uh, weekly at least, or we'll see how we go. Um, you know, and we'll we'll find new things each week to talk about Scotland. We can talk po- politics. We do that obviously. We talk Trump already with Paul, so we can talk um, Scotland. Theresa May with with Katie. <laughs> We don't like I her, can't. all right? <laughs> no, I don't want to talk to these of me, no. Can we bag out the French? I'll be happily to have a segment each week where we just rip shit into the French. That, that That's fine by me. <laughs> I don't mind the French. I mean, all right, that's been Katie Forrester. That's uh, been a fun segment. Uh, <laughs> I said bag out the French, not love on the French. God, I know somebody who can do that already. She's got about 50% more to go. So, uh, Katie, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us. And we will hopefully speak to you again next week. Okay, bye. <laughs> Let's press a button and get a bit backy on the flash. said flashbacky that might have worked a little bit uh, better there yes that's uh flashback time where we get time to flash back uh we're going back to the year 2008 again we're continuing on from the best of 2008 and uh as we approach nine years uh since the beijing summer olympics and of course uh just during the week we've also passed the one year anniversary of the rio games that happened last year we obviously used to go to the olympics quite a fair bit when it came to our uh, coverage of the show at least sort of and uh this was uh, some olympic commentary that josh and myself did during 2008 uh let's let's just hear how how good apparently we are when it comes to uh, Olympic commentary. Yes, and uh, we are live here at the Water Cube here in Beijing. Ben Water is here commentating for BAF on One uh, Belgian Radio. Joining me here is my co-commentator Joshua Shubridge, live at the Water Cube, fully synchronised with duet qualification. Josh, thank you very much for your time here. Thank you, Ben. Uh, it's been uh, many years since I've actually commentated the synchronised swimming event since my uh, days down at the uh, KGY Radio in Kyrgyzstan. Yes, absolutely. We're about to uh, witness the uh, Egyptian champion. Uh, here of Reem Abdelazem and Dela El Gabali here. Now you've witnessed these guys quite a lot back in Egypt and uh, your yes. thoughts on this routine they're about to perform. Well what they're going to be attempting is the uh, lesser known uh, Quasimodo move which uh, you yourself Ben have uh, attempted a few well, times before. That was my signature move that I did create. Yes. Um, we are witnessing the Egyptians now about to get in the pool. Uh, the crowd going slightly wild for the Egyptian champions and uh, has to be said national record holders. Um, firm favourites here to finish at least in the yes. top 30. The uh, the hot ticket to go at the moment is that the uh, El Gabali has tried to inspire Abdelazam to uh, do a few new routines during this one. They haven't rehearsed some of this today. So yes, I've it, heard about that. Uh, the uh, word on the street at the moment is that they will be trying to perform a double Quasimodo. Now, as we watch the witness start here, now, this routine is, of course, the um, recreation of the mummification of the great King Tutankhamun back in Egypt, way the, back yes, in the days. The, the boy king who was uh, slain by his... Uh, his top advisor. Very sad story, and I do believe mm. uh, if the Egyptians do not come home with a medal, they will face a similar fate. Um, El Gabali here, starting off nice and uh, into a free arm twist routine here. This, of course, does involve the rotating of the arm in a 180 degree angle. That, of course, does seem impossible, but the Egyptians here to manage it here, Josh. They do. Abdul Zem is a little bit behind. I don't think they have gold material. Uh, I don't know. Possibly for a top 20, that's their aim. Now, as um, the music starts to pick up, 
up a little bit. Abdulazem here starts the uh, mummification process by the removal of the brain from the nose with a pole. This, of course, is created by putting the arm up uh, El Gabali's nose slowly and retracting a uh, small instrument that was placed there earlier. As we do witness here, though, a bit of trouble there pulling it out, and as they move into the leg twist rotational move here, the synchronisation is a little bit off, and that will get marked out by the judges. Yeah, that'll cost them some points, Ben. And I can see a bit of blood in the pool, which does add to the uh, overall effect of this, but I don't know if the judges there. The Swiss judge is a bit harsh. Now, as the music builds up a little bit faster here, this is where they get into the first attempt at a Quasimodo, which does, of course, very much involve a possibility of death, Josh. Yeah, here comes the uh, right leg by Al Gabali. Oh, that is brilliant. And they're girding up there. Abdelazem is is getting there. And El Gabali now has fallen a little bit behind here as she attempts the first Quasimodo. She pulls that off, and that is going to leave a bruise. She's marked that up severely. That's going to get a deduction. No, no. And Abdelazem, as the music picks up, the double Quasimodo. No, not quite yet, Josh. That was a bit of a fake there. They did get the crowd up a little bit. She's got to move around here. I'll tell you what, I'm excited about this, Ben. She's twisted her leg up around her head. Now, this is going to go. Here we go. Here we go. She's pulling it off here. This is going to go good. Oh, that is good. It's in time. That's the first one. Second one's building up now. She's out of the water. The arms come off. The legs are around her head. Has she got it? Oh, she's just missed out on the end there. Egypt has just missed out on 27th place. But that will be a national record here. We wait for the judges' thing, the judges' scores. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I have to say that I, that will I easily am... be my, the most inspirational moment in the history of Egyptian synchronised swimming. I, I am excited about this, Ben. And uh, next up would be fr- the French. We'll get to them in just a moment, Josh, yes. but we're going to see the scoring here. What have they got there? 0.97 from the Swiss, 0.61 from the French, and not surprisingly, a 0.12 from the Dutch. Yes. That, that, that wraps us up here at the Water Cube. We'll be back after this short break with the French routine. Synchronized swimming uh, will never be the same again. At least that's what I've heard. Um, yeah, that was our commentary. You can see why we never actually got to form a proper career out of that. <laughs> Every part of the show, we find someone else to talk to. And this time, we, of course, find the person to talk to about the man that everybody seems to talk to. We'll talk about. We don't talk to him because we're not real news. Um, he doesn't talk to fake news. Uh, welcome to the show, Paul Luttrell. Hey, it's good to be here. Now, I, I that was like the weirdest intro I think I've probably ever given you. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, Donald Trump, that's who we're generally here to talk about. As always, it's been a fun week in the world of uh, Trump land, including more people getting fired. I, I feel like just a week ago we were talking about some new guy and he's gone already. I, I don't even want to try and say his name. I can't, I can't pronounce it. The Mooch. Isn't that what they're calling him? Yeah, the Mooch. Scaramucci. Right. Scar- and he's gone. He's gone. What happened to him? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess they thought he wasn't the right fit for it. It was it's funny as well because he was bagging out some other guy, Reigns Priebus, I think you say his name, um, and he got fired. And then a few days later, the Mooch was fired. So, yeah, he, he did come off as a, uh, you know, a used car salesman. So A Mooch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very much like a Mafia Don's kind of like, you know, Kiss ass kind of guy, right? Um, so, so who's in now? Who's who? I mean, this is the the press guy, right? This is basically what their their important um, the role is in the White House. Yeah, so they've got John Kelly in there, who is a former Homeland Security, um, yeah, head of the Homeland Security. So he's a 
bit of a change of pace, I think. Um, not quite as eccentric as the Mooch. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everything's happening. It's just, it just. I mean, it, it kind of seems like. Um, you know, one of these roles that is just cursed, you know, um, I mean, I don't know what else you could compare that to. I mean, I'd say the Australian prime minister, but I mean, we've actually kept one for a while now. So, um, it's kind of probably a bad comparison. I mean, do you, do you think that just like, it's going to get to the point where you and I are going to get a phone call for this job at some point? Because seriously, it just seems like they're just going through these people so quickly. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, I think that it's, it's not a job that I, a lot of people would want, I don't think. It's kind of first point of contact with the press, and so they're probably under the most stress of anyone because <laughs> Trump is erratic and doing all these stupid things, and they have to try and defend someone who is very, very difficult to defend. So, um, so yeah, I, I, they, they end up being the fall guy because they're under so much strain, I guess. Are we expecting someone like Sean Spicer to come out with a uh, tell-all interview anytime soon and just be like, it was so pressured, I'm not like this, you've got to understand, I'm a normal person? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like uh, it takes a very special kind of person to, be, uh, to take on that kind of responsibility for someone like Trump and... I don't know. Maybe I don't think that they're the kind of person that would um, maybe you know show a kind of a real human face. I think that they've to take that position, you'd have to kind of be fairly delusional in the first place. True. So. True. Very true. Now, not, not a lot else has really happened. I feel during the week with him. Um, I mean, it's sort of been a semi-quiet week, uh, unless I'm missing something glaring. I mean, he hasn't banned uh, I don't know humans from the military this week, has he? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's just been, you know, off. I saw a few headlines where he was basically, he was asked um, why he doesn't spend as much time at the White House as he should, and he, he called, the, he said the place is a dump. <laughs> um, yeah, righto. That's, isn't this the guy who's supposed to be in touch with real Americans? Um, I don't think too many people live in a, a as a luxury kind of a state as the White House. So. Yeah. If, if, if the President of the United States is calling the White House a dump, I mean, wow. I mean, look, I've seen the White House. It's a it's a beautiful place. I, I, I wanted to get closer. I couldn't get as close as I wanted to. But I think everyone, not just Americans, holds that as kind of like, you know, this place of high esteem and looks like a nice place to me. I mean, if Donald Trump thinks it's a dump, then wow, that's... um. What does he consider not a dump then? <laughs> if you look at his house, his apartment and whatever, then yeah, it's it's basically just gold. Mm. All of it's all of the the interior decorating is just gold. It, yeah, it's um, it's pretty over the top. So I think from what I I know in in some context that like the, each administration or each like first family that lives there are allowed to kind of you know, renovate it certain ways. I think they're allowed to kind of get a bit of leeway because, you know, it's their house. They're allowed to, you know, spruce it up a little bit. Um, So you wonder how long it's going to be until it's just painted completely gold and it's like, this is the gold house, Uh, you know, which has got a giant Trump casino sign out the front of it or something like that. You You wonder how much they're allowed to get away with when it comes to developing it. Yeah, yeah. I I think it would probably have a pretty... um Set. I reckon anything that's kind of uh, permanent would would not be really allowed. I think that there's uh, 
you know, there's a lot of tradition and a lot of history there that they'd want to hang on to. So I don't think they'd want to do anything too drastic. Mm. And you, I mean, you kind of also feel because obviously, you know, when a president leaves the White House, there's always a, a portrait of them put somewhere up in the White House. Um, <laughs> yeah. How many of them Donald Trump's just going to leave? Like, you, you just feel like he's a type of, you know, person that on that day, the inevitable day when he doesn't get reelected in 2020, uh, that he's just going to be so pissed off about it. He's just going to, like, cut a photo of himself and put him on, like, every single president's portrait so that, you know, when, yeah. you know, President West, Kanye West, is, you know, inaugurated in the White House, he's walking around and he's, a, you know, a picture of John F. Kennedy with a, a photo of Donald Trump, like, super glued onto his head. Yeah. I feel like Trump probably already has put posters <laughs> of him over the top of every single portrait there. He's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. The, the portrait people said I had the greatest portrait of all time. No one else had a better portrait than me. So it just felt yeah. like it had to go up every corner of this White House. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't think he could compete with like another person having some sort of given some sort of credit or honor or something like that. He has to be in the honor position in every sort of every room. Oh, it's funny. Now, one thing actually that's come out uh, just in the night before we've recorded this uh, this segment is the full transcript of that infamous phone call between my, uh, Malcolm Turnbull and Donald Trump back in January, the one where, of course, Trump hung up on our very good Prime Minister. Now, I'm just scrolling through some of it here, and we won't go through it word for word, because apparently it was a 24-minute phone call. Uh, so good on them. Uh, I just love the way that, first of all, this starts off. So, you know, Malcolm Trump, good evening. And Donald Trump's like, Mr. Prime Minister, how are you? I'm doing very well. And then Donald Trump goes, and I guess our friend Greg Norman, he's doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the, yeah, they've been hooked up. Yep. Uh, Turnbull replies, he's a great mutual friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we are both allies in, you know, two, the the heads of two nations, yeah. but we've got a mutual friend, Greg Norman, a golfer. Yeah, yeah. They, they, small start. talk here. They go into the fact that they've go, both got similar backgrounds, that they're both businessmen, um, which, I mean, is what their way of saying. We're both very rich men coming into this position um, yeah. and, you know, rambling on about stuff. I'll try to get to the good stuff here. Um, Malcolm Turnbull, can you hear me out, Mr. President? Yeah, go ahead. Um, and he's going on about, uh, refugees, uh, the, the deal. You can tell Trump's starting to get a little bit pissed off here. He's like, who made the deal? Obama? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it seems to be going quite well here. Um, doesn't want them to, uh, refugees to destroy the country. Bringing up Angela Merkel. Um, yep, cool. I've really... Um, I'm really... Oh, here we go. Mal- this, Turnbull's really explaining it. There's a lot of words here from Malcolm Turnbull. Uh, and this I'm actually reading this on the Washington Post website, and they've done a great uh, thing here by kind of like shortening bits and pieces to get to, you know, the dot points. Um, but this here, uh, Donald Trump replies, Malcolm, why is this so important? Uh, it calls him Malcolm. It's not Mr. Prime Minister. Malcolm, why is this so important? I do not understand. This is going to kill me. I am the world's greatest person that does not want to let people into the country. Uh, what the hell does that mean? Right? That's the world's greatest person that does not want to let people into the country. Wow. Um, and Turbo's standing up to him because, like, Trump's making wrong numbers here. And now I'm agreeing to take 2,000 people, and I agree I can vet them, but that puts me in a bad position. It makes me look so bad, and I've only been here a week. Turnbull replies, with great respect, that is not right. It is not 2,000. Trump replies, well, it's close. I've also heard, like, 5,000 as well. Turnbull, the given number of the agreement is 1,250. <laughs> 
Oh, but it goes on for a little bit, um, and Trump going on about the Democrats. That is why they lost the election, because of stupid deals like this. You have brokered many a stupid deal in business, and I respect you, but I guarantee that you broke many a stupid deal. This is a stupid deal. This deal will make me look terrible. Turnbull's reply, Mr. President, I think this will make you look like a man who stands by the commitments of the United States. It shows that you are committed, and Trump reply uh, interrupts with, okay, this shows me to be a dope. <laughs> I think he's already shown himself. Oh, and Trump- if, why would he, if, if he's... This doesn't sound like a bad deal for Turnbull, so why why would he say that this is... I bet you've broken many stupid deals. Yeah. Well, that may make him a good businessman if he was able to broker a deal that was good for him. I'll tell you one thing, this actually, this transcript, I'm glad they've leaked this because I remember us talking about this kind of saying like, can you imagine Turnbull like absolutely shitting himself during this phone call? If anything, he's actually holding his own here. Turnbull's doing very well in this, just reading through it all. He's explaining here a little bit about our refugee situation. Trump replies at one point, Malcolm, but they arrive by a boat. And then Turnbull's like, correct, we stop the boats. To which Trump replies, give them to the United States. We are like a dumping ground for the rest of the world. (laughs) going on the russians are brought up here i'm trying to get to the end of the call where he hangs up on him um oh so turnbull at one point said oh no hang on trump this is right at the end of the call he says i have had it i have been making these calls all day and this is the most unpleasant call all day putin was a pleasant call this is ridiculous (laughs) turnbull replies do you want to talk about syria and the dprk Trump, inaudible, this is crazy. Turnbull clearly at this point is being professional still. Thank you for your yeah. commitment. It is very important to us. Trump, it is important to you and it's embarrassing to me. It's an embarrassment to me, but at least I got you off the hook. So you put me back on the hook. Turnbull, you can count on me. I will be there again and again. Trump, I hope so. Okay, thank you, Malcolm. Turnbull, okay, thank you. So at no point does it seem like he actually hangs up on him. But yeah. <laughs> I love that Turnbull's like, is that Turnbull just like... You know, like when you're having a fight with someone, and you you just you know it's a losing battle because they're just clearly not listening to you. So you just at yeah. some point are like, okay, sure, dear, absolutely, no, I agree, that's for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I just feel terrible at the point. It's like, thank you for your commitment. It's very important to us. Yep, yeah. you can count on me. I'll be there again and again. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Trump just acts like a child, so there's not really <laughs> much you can do about it. Wow. Wow. This is good reading. I, I highly recommend people read this whole transcript, and I applaud Malcolm Turnbull. He held his own in this call. Yeah. Well, as he should, I don't think that he would be all that um, intimidated. I think he would know that Trump is not exactly an intellectual giant that's going <laughs> to um, somehow out-duel him in a confrontation like this, so... Yeah. Well, this is this is great. Again, just this is a, the president of the United States on a phone call with the Prime Minister of Australia, opening up the phone call with, and I'll get. I guess our friend Greg Norman is doing well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at what point, like, do you speak? Like, I know this small talk. I get it. You know, sometimes, but like, I mean, yeah. this is the very first conversation between these two, you know, world leaders. Oh, how's Greg Norman? Um, he's just posing naked on Instagram. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Is that the only way that Trump actually knows that Australia exists? Oh, <laughs> Greg Norman, he's from a place called Australia. <laughs> looks, at it, looks at like a Wikipedia page, famous Australians. Oh, Greg Norman. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Dolphin buds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, how's Paul Hogan? Is Crocodile Dundee still in cinemas? It's like yeah. 30 years ago, Mr. President, but thanks for asking. Um, anything, I mean, Paul, on a, on a side note, I, did I see correctly on the weekend that you did another run or was I was I not looking at that properly? Uh, it was just a fun run kind of thing. Was it um, fun? Yeah, it was, it was all right. It was windy. Right. Um, yeah, was that. But getting back to just one other thing. Okay, right. My presidency, before we get on to something else, um, the healthcare bill, mm-hmm. they got shot down by uh, John McCain. That was pretty impressive. Oh, that's right. He gave the kind of, he walked on the floor and just basically yeah. gave a bit of a thumbs up and then everybody was like gasping. Yeah, um, this was the, uh, yeah. it was almost like a Western. He kind of walked in there, like, <laughs> let's say John Wayne McCain, yeah. <laughs> um, busting in there, going to duel Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Um, and yeah, really dramatic fashion, kind of got the attention of everyone in the room, got the, uh, the speaker's attention and then gave the, gave the, the no vote. So on, is, is that it now that, I mean, Trump has to work out something else again to kind of like... Yeah, yeah, so... Kill, it killed the bill. I guess, I, I don't know if they'd have to redraft it and do some other process, but it doesn't seem like it's likely to get through in the the way they're doing it. But, yeah, John McCain crossing the floor, party lines. And, with it's, 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 and it's, in America, it's not kind of like here, is it, where if it fails, what, three times, it's double dissolution off to the polls, whereas there, I think, they just keep going and going and going until they yeah. change a couple of words here and there on paragraph C, section D, uh, to get it through, right? <laughs> think so yeah yeah it's uh i mean it's it's weird both systems i guess because i mean in in some way ours is kind of weird like oh that law didn't pass three times well off to the polls you go yeah (laughs) which i mean it's it's an interesting way uh yeah i mean just just quickly on the run i was just going to quickly bring this up so i mean a fun run did did you do well i mean or was it simply because it was a fun run they don't really rank people where they finish Oh, they do. Yeah, it's still a race. I mean, it's just called a fun run, I guess, so you get more participants. But um, <laughs> I, was, I was seventh in the 5K. Um, right, that's all good. That's good. Out of how many people? A uh, couple of hundred. Wow, there you go. So you, you seem to be gradually improving because I swear each time I ask you about this, like uh, your positions seem to be getting higher. So is that is that your goal? That I mean, I think you've talked about before how there's kind of a group of people that go to all these different runs. So you're obviously running mostly against the same people, but I mean, you seem to be improving, and that's I guess where you're trying to try to get. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the overall goal, just kind of gradually move up. I think I've, I've kind of plateaued a little bit now because I had this really sharp improvement curve where I was kind of increasing mileage, and now I've got to that point where it's it's getting harder and harder to get improvements. Right. And now, so it's, it's, it's at that, but, I mean, it's still fun, um, enjoyable to just have a race every weekend. Um, yeah, it was really, really windy, hard conditions. I got kind of caught out by myself for a little bit. Okay. I'm kind of hard to chase some people down, but yeah. Where, where, where was this fun run? Where, where was it uh, held? So it was Glenorchy. It was uh, out on like where the deck is. Uh-huh. Okay. On Foreshore, the gasp thing yep. Yep. around there. Yep. Um, so yeah, you get a lot of wind coming in off of there, but uh, yeah, it's back to just normal um, cross country on a Saturday tomorrow down at Opossum Bay. Well, there so, you go. Good luck. I'm sure uh, you can go for six at least tomorrow. Uh, that's well, that's because with the cross country on the Saturdays, they have point scoring, and the top six places get like overall points for towards like an accumulative thing for mm-hmm. the whole season. And I've been seventh seven times. Oh, wow! Just outside the points. You are the Richmond of the cross country scene in uh, in Hobart. Yeah. <laughs> Always just outside the uh, top eight. <laughs> 
Wow. Well, good luck. I, 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 hopefully next week we can find out how you went and, uh, let's, let's push for six. We'll be serious this time. Um, and hopefully any phone calls that you might have with Donald Trump during the week don't get leaked. So, uh, thank you for joining us as always. Yeah, let's, let's hope that. That's always, uh, always on the agenda, I think. No leaked, uh, calls of Trump. Um, yeah. All right. See you next week. It's a bit of that moment where you get a bit excited because I press this button. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Oh, forget the lyrics. So excited. I just string sentences together that don't actually make any sense at all. A bit of the moment. I don't know what the hell I'm saying there. Anyway, uh, 2014 seems to be a year that we're going to a lot this time around. And uh, myself and Dakota did a duet this time and it was to the David Bowie hit Changes. Dakota, obviously a huge David Bowie fan. And uh, the subject matter in this revolves around transportation and more likely buses. And uh, just listen out to Dakota and his uh, great logic when it comes to people looking at him and also a bit of a plot twist about the person that sat next to him on the bus. Oh, there we go. I always say something and then it starts. Stupid thing. Woke up this morning, had to go to work, didn't have a car or a bike. Waited at a bus stop and thought, gee, that bus is late. Then I realized that public transport isn't so great. So I looked at the timetable once again to see that the bus driver was actually early. My watch was really fast and it was my own fault. So I turned and said, oh, poo, bus ride. Oh, I'm on a metro bus. It's going down the street, picking up lots of people on it. Bus ride, it takes me to the interchange and then I have to get off and change buses because the bus driver blew up the bus. That is really hot day. <laughs> the bus driver. All right, this, this is over to you now, Dakota. Let's do this. Let me change over. Great. I put my bag on the seat so no one would sit next to me. This woman got on the bus and she walked up to me. She looked at me with her eyes. And I said, would you like me to move your bag so you can sit here? She said that would be great as I am pregnant. She sat next to me. I looked at her. She looked at me. She smelled a bit. I looked out the window and put my headphones on (laughs) I think we're done (laughs) I guarantee you that if you are listening to us right now on a bus or some form of public transport you are probably singing that song in your head right now you're welcome time of the show to learn about Canada because that's what we want to do and that's what we're going to do. It's Colin Hilding. Hello, Colin. Welcome back to The Brink. 
Uh, thank you for having me back to talk two weeks in a row about the greatest event to ever happen in Canada that you'll never hear about anywhere else in the world, the- other than on the brink. Yes, exactly. The Canada Games! Yeah! <laughs> so tell me, is Canada winning the medal tally? <laughs> we are, if you combine everything. Um, <laughs> and like predicted last week, Manitoba's not really doing much. Actually, one of the funniest things happened is that we're a week in, and uh, I don't know what the full medal tally is, but it's like it's like dozens of medals for Ontario and Quebec. And Death. Manitoba, I think, has like 19 medals or something like that, you know, all like bronzes or whatever. But we had like two golds. And the second gold that we won was basically our flag bearer. She's a rower. And they posted it on TSN, which is like the big R-E-S-P-N. And they're going through all the results, and they're like, you know, Emma Gray won gold in the whatever rowing uh, from Manitoba. And then they flash on the screen, and they put Ontario and the Ontario flag next to her. And I'm like, seriously? We finally get a gold, and you still give the credit to Ontario? Not fair. (laughs) I'm looking at your medal tally right now. Um, And again, this probably, I guess, would update in the case of when we record this to whenever. Yeah, you've got two gold, eight silver, eight bronze. Manitoba is sitting in second last place. Um, <laughs> no, no, second last place of those who have won medals because we have like five provinces who won nothing. Right. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, and again, this is this is judged on gold. Now, are you? I don't know if we have asked this question off the podium. Maybe not. Off the podium now, available via iTunes. Um, are you one of these people who thinks it should be ranked by gold or by total medals? Uh, well, I think you should rank both because it's kind of two separate things. You know, if you uh, win all the goals, like I remember back in the um, uh, Vancouver Olympics, you know, Canada didn't come anywhere near winning the most medals. You won the most gold. But we won, not only won the most gold, we set the record for most golds in a single winter games. And like, okay, well, that should claim credit for Canada. But of course, if you're watching American TV during that time, they're like, well, America won the most medals, so we win. But you flip it around to Rio and you're watching American TV and they're like, we didn't win the most gold or we won the most gold, so we must win. So <laughs> I don't know. I guess just bragging rights one way or the other. If, if Canada's never really number one in either unless it's Vancouver. So uh, Manitoba's not going to be number one. So I don't really care one way or the other. Well, I was going to say, if you're resorted by total medals rather than gold, you're third last. Uh, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just trying, to, trying to toot your horn there. I mean, when, when you win a gold at these games, like what's the national anthem for Manitoba? Oh, they don't even play one. Um, This is what's getting annoying because earlier this week, I didn't really have time to go to any of the events uh, other than one, which is cool. I'll get to in a second. But uh, I started watching like the webcasts of these because you can watch webcasts of every single event. And when they're doing the medal ceremonies, there's this one song they're playing over and over again. It's like a song with lyrics and everything. I'm not even sure, you know, if it's a local artist or something. But it was the same song over and over again, and I thought, well, okay, maybe it's just here. And then I go to the diving event, and I go to the track and field the other night, and it's this same song. It's just the one song they're playing over and over again. It sounds like some cheesy 1991 song from, like, Amy Grant or (laughs) one of these other washed-up singers. It doesn't suit it at all. I'd rather them do, like, some type of, you know, John Williams Olympic theme other than just Amy Grant's (laughs) album Reject. 
I just thought there would be like, you know, oh, Manitoba, our home and something. And it's like, yeah, I just always help they do the national anthem. Now, yeah, I want to hear everybody gets the same song. Yeah. We have to share. <laughs> oh, Newfoundland and Labrador. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. Uh, I want to hear your experiences uh, of this because, I mean, I've never been to a multi sport event like this. You know, I've always dreamed of going to one. Obviously, you and I love the Olympics, love the Commonwealth Games. And, uh, you know, sadly, as a 13, year old didn't get to go to sydney 2000 and sadly for 2006 didn't get to go to melbourne commonwealth games but i will be at the gold coast commonwealth games it seems um but just before i get to that just we didn't really talk about the sports i mean all the sports look like they're just olympic sports um and i mean all the good sports that canada are fantastic at um i mean i'm looking here uh so soccer i mean okay you're pretty decent in the female soccer at least um sailing where do they sail in winnipeg i didn't see any water there um no the sailing and they actually this is funny because they bill it as winnipeg gimli gimli is just like an hour north of winnipeg where they're doing i think some some events and Kenora, which is actually in Ontario. So the sailing <laughs> isn't even in Manitoba, sadly. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I mean, tennis, like, I mean, like, you kind of mentioned this, I think, last week, the fact that, you know, you're not getting, uh, you know, Jeannie Bouchard is playing at these games yeah. or, you know, Millis Ranich. Like, these are just up and comers, right? So, you know, these are the next big things in Canadian tennis, which, I mean, is a sentence not usually uttered very often, but I guess <laughs> in the last five years, you've had people make the Wimbledon final. So I guess we kind of have to yeah. take it a bit more seriously, right? Yeah, I, I mean, for some of the sports, it's exciting. I think uh, particularly last night we were at the the track and field and watching these runners. You know, we didn't know who they were. We actually did know because they also have festival that's going on every single uh, night. And when we were there, you know, we met some of these uh, runners and everything. And then we're at the event and we're like, oh, she just won gold. Oh, yeah, this guy who won gold in the, the hurdles. Here's the picture I'm showing my wife. There's a picture. He's standing right next to us. But, I mean, this is cool because – uh, we're meeting like these athletes from Team Ontario, and you know, I remember on sun, uh, Saturday or Sunday night, whenever we were there, and I looked at the picture, and afterwards I pointed out to my wife, I'm like, you know, that four years ago, if we got a picture with this same team, the track and field male athletes, Andre DeGrasse is in that picture, and now Andre DeGrasse, you know, second only to Usain Bolt, is the fastest man in the world four years later. So it's great watching this, and the other interesting thing is that. I expected with Canada Games, you know, there's an age limit. It kind of caps at about 22 years old for some sports. If you've been in the Olympics, you can't really go back to the Canada Games. It's really meant as uh, an experience to train these athletes what the Olympics will be like in a few years. But when we're at the diving, I was expecting, you know, this is going to be kind of a step down from the, what you see in the Olympics, and it really isn't. Uh, you're seeing dives that are like perfect tens. You know, we got one that was like, uh, I think, you know, nines, nine and a half and tens across the board. And it's just as good as what you see in the Olympics. The only difference is the consistency, you know. So the athletic performance is Olympic level. It's just you're not getting the same results every single heat from these runners or every single dive from these divers. I'm just loving the names. I'm just looking at some of the medal winners here. Obviously, you've been at the diving. So uh, Elena Nancy Dick, uh, two-time gold medalist. Uh, and then... In the high jump, we have Autumn Bigger. So I'm guessing if Autumn Bigger and Elena Nancy Dick got together, um, there's a funny name oh. in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> See where my mind went there. I mean, I mean, like this experience. So, like again multi-sport like you can go and see i mean you, you've seen i've seen looking at your photos you've seen the diving as you said you've seen the track and field uh i mean is it kind of 
everybody's excited in Winnipeg, getting their tickets to multiple events, or you know, people just not giving a shit. I mean, is it a fun thing to be able to say like, oh, let's go see the diving today, let's go see the softball today, and let's go not see the sailing because it's not near us today? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, no, it's. I kind of expected because we have the Pan Am Games here, which I don't know how many people in Australia are familiar with it because you don't compete. But it's the Olympics for North America, Central America, South America, the Caribbean. Uh, so you're getting half of the world, or at least a third of the world, uh, competing. And the Pan Am Games were here in Winnipeg in 99. And I remember it being a huge deal then. And I kind of thought, well, Canada Games, we might get like you know the family in the stands and stuff. But everything we've been to, for the most part, has been you know pretty decent-sized crowds. Uh, I think a lot of it are people from out of town. We're probably getting more people from out of town because the ones I've been to, you know, they'll notice that Nova Scotia especially is getting just as many cheers in the crowd as Manitoba. And I'm seeing a lot of like Nova Scotia flags and everything. So it's, it's a lot of tourism more than anything. I don't know if locally everybody here is like, I have to see some people are kind of talking about it, but not like I have to see it, but there's like huge turnouts, bigger turnouts for these events. than I thought there would be, is, it, I mean, is there an opening ceremony? That's kind of like what, you know, generally we know the yeah. Olympics is kind of, you know, I mean, we should mention like it's like a year to the day basically that we're recording this at Rio opened. So it's kind yeah. of like that's a celebration of Brazil. Like let's show the history of Brazil and how great Brazil is. So like is that kind of like here's Winnipeg. Like look at our great museum of fucking human rights and shit. Yeah. And, you know, here's a jet because we have a team called the Jets. Yay, like Winnipeg. Yeah, no, I, I watched the opening ceremonies and I've never watched opening or closing ceremonies for these games before, but – I guess it really didn't have much culture or anything like that. More or less, it was it's shorter for one. It's less than two hours. You get the athletes coming out right away as soon as it starts. And then you get like you know speeches from some of the officials. You get the prime minister, the mayor of Winnipeg. And then I think there was maybe 10 minutes uh, you know, of like any type of cultural presentation. You had one band playing a song. And then it was basically that's it. You know, I, I'm wondering if the closing ceremonies might have more than that because we had it in our indoor arena here is where the opening ceremonies are. And then we're moving it to the big football stadium here for the closing ceremony. So maybe that's where they're going to bring out a lot of the Winnipeg showcase. And then how many people does it fit? Like what's the stadium? And do, do they sell out like the opening and closing ceremonies like they do at the Olympics? Uh, I don't think it's completely sold out. But um, with the, the opening ceremonies, I think it was bad camera placement for one because where all the fans were sitting is where the camera is you know your hard camera and you're basically looking at empty stands for the first 45 minutes and it's only afterwards you realize no they're filming the athlete's seat so it looks like an empty (laughs) arena but it sounds like there's a lot of people there so i don't know when it gets to the the football one i'm i'm thinking there's probably at least twenty thousand that can fit in that one you know maybe about 12 to 15 in the the arena for the opening ceremonies uh, for the events, you know, most of these, it, it'll probably fit like 500 to a thousand people last night at the track and field. I estimate maybe about 300 people there uh, for, you know, just the evening stuff. Um, the one that really surprised me was the free event I attended, you know, where I work right behind it, there's this big like forest and hill and everything. And I only found out a few days before that the cross country cycling was going to be taking place there. And I'm like, well, that's free because I'm just—it's just the backyard of my work. So I spent ten minutes hiking up of a hill, only to have them say, oh, "Okay, they're just finishing the race now." But if you go to the top of the hill, you can watch it. And I got to the top of the hill, and there was probably about you know twenty or thirty people standing up there who hiked up there and didn't pay. <laughs> 
waiting for the last place rider of the last place team on the relay to finish the last lap. So and was that I Manitoba? That <laughs> it was Saskatchewan, thankfully. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, Saskatchewan was last place on that. But no, it was still a cool experience to go up there. You know, you when I watched the next day, I wasn't able to make it up on my lunch in time. It was over by then. But you're still seeing like probably 50 people hiking up to the top of a hill just to watch it. Well, it's fascinating actually to think that. And um, I mean, it's kind of interesting like, with the stadiums and that sort of stuff. Because I mean, obviously you think the Olympics like, you know, sell out and like, you know, they have the big stadiums with the, the capacity. I remember like for Sydney, obviously like with uh, Stadium Australia, it was like 110,000 people. Then the, you now it's only if it's like 80,000, they remove the seats because, you know, it's like, well, you're not going to get that many people. But like, it's interesting like looking just kind of slightly off topic. Like, you look at like the Commonwealth Games, a smaller version of the Olympics. Um, the fact that when Australia last had that in 2006, obviously Melbourne and had it at the MCG, which is like the Coliseum of Australian sport, you know, it holds a hundred thousand people, um, you know, hosted the 1956 Olympics opening and closing ceremonies, our AFL grand final venue. And like, I think they sold that out for both opening and closing ceremonies, hundred thousand people for just the Commonwealth games. Yet the, uh, the stadium they use next year in the Gold Coast, uh, is a place, it's called Metricon Stadium, which is, it's kind of a small, I guess you call it a boutique stadium. It, it has like one AFL team plays there, only holds about 25,000 people, but they're redeveloping it to add an extra 15,000 seats. And to me, like 40,000 seats at an opening closing ceremony in athletics for something like the Commonwealth Games is too small. But I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah. Commonwealth Games are, are lessening a little bit and it's kind of not as big a deal as the Olympics, but it's going to be, interesting and it's kind of interesting to see like every time i see one of your photos like at these events i'm like there's no one there but i guess again these are the canada games and not you know the olympics (laughs) and it's placement too you know we have a baby so we're going like like for the track and field uh you know i point out to you and it actually ended up being a great position but uh because we had a stroller with us you know we didn't want to be holding him the whole time because he does not sit still uh they basically told us well you can go to the uh handicap section which was basically like a patio right on the side of the track. So uh, we're in the section where it's just like right on the end where nobody would want to sit there. But the, the fun thing is that even though the stands are probably about two-thirds filled, there are people who are sitting on the hills surrounding the track just watching. You know, They paid for the event, but they're like, I'm going to go sit on the hill up there and watch it from there. So everywhere you're looking around the track, there's like scattered people sitting on hills and cheering from there. One thing I just quickly add to is, uh, you know, I've found a, a photo here of uh, the great Elena Nancy Dick, uh, two-time uh, gold medalist at these games. And there's a photo of here I've seen. She's got the medal around her neck, like it's a nice-looking medal, and she's got the she's got the uh, Ontario flag. So like that's a thing. Like each of the provinces, you've got your flags ready to fly. Oh yeah. <laughs> the most frustrating thing is try googling Ontario flag and Winnipeg flag, and then you tell me if you can spot the difference. And that's the most frustrating thing because. I keep seeing these medal ceremonies or even when I'm watching, you know, the TV or looking online and I'm seeing just the flag next to the name and they look identical. So I keep thinking, yeah, Manitoba got it. No, it's Ontario again. So Ontario has got like a shield with what the English Red Cross and what are they like green with gold leaves underneath it. And the Manitoba ones, a similar flag when instead of the green and gold leaves, it's got what looks like a bison. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's the problem with australian flags like if we had the australia games all of our flags are basically the same state flags except for the territories the territories look vastly different but yeah so like the tasmanian flag is just the australian flag without the stars and we've got a red line on it because of course lions roam free in tasmania uh and then like you know western australia is like a black swan so like all of them like i i get confused our state's flags like i can see a flag of new south wales and victoria and go 
yeah, one of them's New South Wales, one of them's Victoria, but I just get them around the wrong way because no one gives a shit. So I just, I, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's also unfair here. You know, we're the host city, host province. I think we should have gotten priority, but because Manitoba and uh, Ontario's flags are so similar, the colors are identical. You would expect that we would have red as far as our like uniform colors and everything like that. Ontario claimed the red. We're wearing green. There isn't any green on our flag. So we're the host province. There's a bit of green. Like, nah, you green. Behind the and boxes? green is Saskatchewan's. <laughs> green is Saskatchewan's color. Like, can you imagine the shame of us wearing Saskatchewan's colors? So is that your like provinces net? Like you, you each like here, we each state has a color. Like Tasmania's color is green. So I'm guessing what yeah. Manitoba's is red and similar to Ontario. Yeah, and the reason I think they went with green is because the uh, that's the color of like the university football team, the Manitoba Bisons, <laughs> which is so our not even our professional team, but like our uh, university development team is green. So they're trying to explain it that way, is saying, well, we're just honoring that team. It's like if you look at the national colors of Australia, we're green and gold, and there's no green or gold on our flag. So. <laughs> Go figure. Well, I guess New Zealand, they're, they're all blacks. They're black. They don't have black. Anyway, that's another topic of conversation. Colin, uh, when do these end? Like, will we? can we talk about these next week or are they, will they be over oh, by yeah. next week? No, I mean, I've still got, there's a festival going on every day and every day they have, you know, uh, celebrities, I guess, hosting it. Um, <laughs> celebrities like, as in like actual Canadian celebrities or is this like QVC host on Winnipeg radio <laughs> that's a celebrity in Winnipeg? Some of them, that's the other disappointment is that, uh, you know, we have like some who are, you know, uh, actors on TV that are coming uh, tomorrow night, Saskatchewan night. They got Katrina LeMay Doan, who's one of our most famous Olympians of all time. Uh, Manitoba night is on Monday where we get Ace Burpee, who is a radio host. (laughs) Ace Burpee? Yeah, (laughs) he's a radio host here and he basically makes like public appearances everywhere. So, like, there isn't anybody in the city who probably hasn't met this guy or ran into him, you know, at the supermarket or something like that. And he's our celebrity. But at least we get the Crash Test Dummies, Winnipeg's, one of Winnipeg's most famous bands, performing with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra reuniting. So, that'll be fun. And then we get the soccer still. So okay, we'll well, that's that. all right. I just, I just, I'm just hilarious about that I've just looked up this Ace Burpee, um, at Ace Burpee show on Twitter. Uh, where he's got a picture of a beaver eating a tree, and uh, apparently Barack Obama follows him. So um, there you go. Uh, so cool. <laughs> I have no idea. That's not the stupidest name ever. Anyway, um, go to the Canada Games. I look forward to Canada still winning the Canada Games, and we'll talk about the Canada Games more next week on the Canada Games segment on the brink. Thank you, Colin, for your time. Thank you, and. Go crash test dummies. Win that gold. <laughs> Time to close it all out for another episode here at the brink. Of course, we'll be back next week. Episode 38 coming your way. And uh, look, possibly open up to exploring some uh, multiple episodes a week. Again, we've mentioned that before, but uh, look, just watch this space. It might happen because uh, definitely want to bring you some more content. We're having a lot of fun doing this for you. And uh, sadly, uh, no longer doing the high noon show uh, on Edge Radio uh, due to a variety of different circumstances. Let's just say it's for the best. And uh, look, we might end up playing uh, some high noon content on here across the way because, uh, you know, we had some good moments on there. And uh, whether or not we're allowed to, we don't give a fuck. We're going to play it anyway because those who are complaining about it can go fuck themselves. But we are essentially right now going to close things out with a couple of things for you. And that, first of all, involves uh, the new trailer. The Rink Unleashed 7, which, of course, we released yesterday via our YouTube channel. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's an epic 
epic trailer. And as we often like to do, we like to play the audio of that said trailer. There's a little bit more dialogue in this one, so it might make a little bit more sense. So uh, let's hear that. This is the trailer for The Brink Unleashed 7, which is uh, out in approximately seven days. Let's hear this. I'm looking forward to this, Jillian. This is going to be fun. I'll just wear this T-shirt and point to the flag. Like, look, Australian. 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 <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm Australian. What happens when you don't watch my films? All right, you don't know what's going on, so you don't know what this is. I will do better next time. I wonder why people think I'm gay sometimes. Let's get ourselves into trouble. There you go. I just picked that off the bucket list. I think Christina Aguilera. Of Mountain Alaska. You have lots to offer. Beautiful, no matter what they say. Um, we just ran over to Megan. I think it needs to be a little bit louder. Rex isn't happy enough for that. Let's get louder, Hobart. Come on. Good thing that. Google that, kids. On Canada. Alaska home. Just everybody's watching. It wasn't all bad though, right? This is it. This has been an insane two days. You know, the auntie, 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 auntie. You've been to Australia. Auntie, auntie, auntie. Auntie, auntie, auntie. Oh, 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 oh. How old are you now? Like 23? Let's read it. Once upon a time in the wild, there was a bear. And it ate someone. They died. The end. Alaska. <laughs> yes, that's right. Seven whole days until you can get all of that goodness on your screen and you can watch the brand new Brink Unleashed 7 film. Probably the best one we've done yet. And yes, it is me tooting my own horn, but hey, I'm going to agree with myself because it, I think, turned out pretty darn well. And we also have been closing these episodes out recently with a bit of a mixture in terms of some content that we used to do. Every single year we would produce an in-the-mix section where basically we got some best bits of the show that year, put it to music, and had some fun with it. So this is 2010 in the mix. We're up to 2010 now. Some of the best bits from 2010 to music. Closes out episode 37 of The Brink. Done and dusted. Thank you for your company. It's always a pleasure. We'll be back for you in seven whole days to bring you more Brinkalicious content. Until then, keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. It, it, it wasn't a, you know, uh, you know, you must not go in there, I'll kill you. It was a, hello, sir, welcome to India, bang. And it, and it was like, oh, thank you very much. I didn't need my leg, but it's cool. I'll walk it off. And I did. So he's like a special type of bullet. Yeah. You know, it's got like Vindaloo curry in it. It's like, oh, have a good day. <laughs> Is it good to have a bit of a rest from those serious guys behind us? Bloody hell. Uh, but when you look across uh, the board, 
there is not one candidate that's going to win there that wouldn't be talking about the Olympics here for Hobart. There's not one of them. You look at all the big numbers, they're all supporters of it, mate, so it's just a matter of time. You know that. There are only two professions in North Korea, are they not? <laughs> so beggars and, and military personnel. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. Um, and just to all North Koreans listening, uh, we do love you. Yeah. Um, nothing against North Nothing, Korea. nothing at all. Just against your leader. Yeah. <laughs> who, who have you beaten this year, Matt? Come. Besides Carlton, the Sydney. only decent side you've beaten. Sydney. Oh, Sydney doing well, aren't they? Sydney. Sydney doing brilliant. Richmond, yeah, only just beat them. Two points, doing well there. Mm. We're only one game behind you, though, mate. One game? Try like three. No, no. How many games have you won? Um, four. Yeah, we've won six. Okay, well, maybe two games. <laughs> so when you come back down here, obviously maybe not that reception, but is that where you get recognised the most? Yeah, a lot of people down home, yeah, especially when you... Um, Go to Eastlands or... <laughs> and so's Christopher Reeve. What are you on? He's in a wheelchair. He was in a wheelchair. He can't play Twister. That's, that's harsh. That's really harsh. See why we're getting rid of him, man. Where are you going and what are you doing? <laughs> going to hell. You're yeah, more knowledgeable exactly. about Japan than I am, Anthony. Exactly. So. Japan is tiny. Yes. And um, another, another comment. Uh, well, some of these comments we can't actually read out because um, they contain bad, naughty words. Which, which is nice for some, but... Mm, Pretty much. That's exactly. What it seems like. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe the other guys are just getting promoted to the mains, but you don't hear from them. Ever again. We're already in the mains. <laughs> we founded the mains. You don't need to warm Back a in bench. 1976. If, I, if it turns into too serious a sport for me, then I won't be able to have that beer, and then uh, it'll be too boring for me. Oh, well, that's what most professional sports need, Luke. They need the fact that you can have a beer on the side. So maybe exactly. you should speak I think to it is one of the only sports you can drink beer, though. That's, that's, yeah. that's one of the things, too, yeah. We are the Navy, the Navy, please. We are <laughs> the team that always lets you down. We are the only team that old Carlton knows. Look, over his past training week, he's been doing really well, so there's no reason why he can't get perfect form. And this is fancy. He's on his hand stance. He goes into a flip, double back, quadruple flick into the wing, and, and back. Oh, that perfect was... landing into the water. Thumbs clean, up. Clean, he likes that. 10.0, 10.0. Wonderful. That puts him to no. first. Oh, come on. Look, put it, put it right now. We've got listeners of Hobart around the world. Nikki <laughs> Webster wants a husband. How's that? <laughs> a boyfriend first. <laughs> yeah. All right. Come on. We'll get people to send an email. So it, can, it can be like, you know, the Brink Dating Agency. Our first attraction with Nikki Webster. Uh, Libra's the the um the yeah. It doesn't matter. Capricorns are Libra's the scales. Ah, right, yeah. yeah. What is Julia's responsible? What is Julia responsible for in Parliament? <laughs> Not much. Um, all of the above, I think. <laughs> oh, Frederick and I had a bit of an argument. Um, he wants to name the baby Inga and Bjorn after Abba. But I don't like the ABBA. I I'm, uh, I don't like Scandinavian music. Hey, well, hello, Southern Right Whale that was in the water yesterday. How are you finding Hobart? <laughs> wow. I don't, Anthony, do you speak whale? No, I don't. So I don't know how we're going to... No, we're just going to have to speak to a maybe, maybe we need Charlotte Church. She speaks Welsh. Whales. Ah, I get it. No, like, you're going to get shot. Fair enough. Everybody knows the drill. You get shot, you drop, you got. But yeah. the... Um, if you don't hassle, they don't know you exist, and if they don't know you exist, they don't want to come on. Now, we're good friends with Julia, all right? She just doesn't know it yet. And she's coming on, we'll have her on today, <laughs> but 
we'll have her in another capacity, hopefully yes, closer yes. to the day. And maybe we can have um, her around. Um, maybe you, as Julia Gillard, can speak to her as Julia Gillard. <laughs> oh, look, it works with you and David Bartlett. It does. The difference is you actually sound like David Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> I just put on a bit of a bogan accent. They've been Scoring hopeless. Well they have Germany. been hopeless, have they not? They they only just won that game yesterday, and um, they haven't done much. Yeah. <laughs> so, Julie, now I'm just being rude. I don't mean to be rude. <laughs> yes, you do. You do. I just feel so at ease. I'm um, oh, sorry. <laughs> like everywhere you go here in South Africa, they follow you. It's the Vuvuzelas. Most most places, when you turn up to your hotel room, they leave a couple of chocolates on your bed. You get these horns on your bed. And the followers here in Johannesburg, everywhere you go. Thank you for that. Till next week, Hovan. Do keep sucking those oranges. Um, Yeah, whatever, next week. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Do keep sucking those oranges. Please do keep sucking those oranges. Do keep sucking those oranges. 